This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, everyone, we are going to learn about a pasuk about Harvona. Harvona, and there's nothing better than learning about Harvona, Zachar, Latov, and a night like tonight. And Parag Zayim Pusik tests in the Megillah, says, Vayomar Harvona, Echad Minas Arisim Lufnam Elach. Harvona, one of the officers, said in front of the king, he said, Gamina Itza Shoasa Haman Mordechai. This is the, the tree, the big thing of wood that Haman made for Mordechai. Shir Diber Tov that he said that Mordechai had said such good things about the king. Omid Vibes Haman, it's sitting and standing in the house of Haman. Gavoa Hamishram, it's 50 Amos 12. Vayomar Amelach, Tlu Alav. And the king said, hang him. Hang him on that tree. Now, Targum Sheni, the famous Targum Sheni, the Medrash on the Megillah, Targum Sheni says Harbona was not a great person. He was an enemy of Mordechai as well. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu was happy with the Tzaddik, he makes even his enemies make peace together with him. And that is exactly what happened over here. He saw that Hama was going down, so he added fuel to the fire. And he said, you think he's that bad? Haman's plan all along was not only to kill Mordechai and the Jews. Haman's plan the whole time was to get rid of Achashverosh. His plan was to get rid of you, Mr. King. And that's the wording of the Pasuk. The tree that Haman made for Mordechai, he said it would also be good if you could hang the king on that tree. That tree was not just good for Mordechai, it would be good to hang the king as well, just that instead of saying that Mordechai was saying something good about the king, that it would be good for the king itself. Achashverosh then told Mordechai, he's in your hands. You could do whatever you want with him. You want to take, you want to take Haman, you could do anything you want. To which, it, when, once that happened, Haman went up to Mordechai and started begging him, please don't kill me, please don't do anything bad, please don't, don't embarrass me, because only the people that are hanged are embarrassed. Everybody else, if you're by the king, you get this sword, you get, you get killed by the sword, kill me by the sword instead, and he begged and begged and begged. Mordechai said, absolutely not, you're a mullock. I'm not doing anything like that, and he hanged him on the tree, not hung. You hung a shirt, but you hanged a person, okay? That's proper. I have hunged lots of things, but I've hanged Haman, <laughs> okay? So that's that. But he was, he, Mordechai had, didn't listen to one word. He threw him on the tree, and he hanged him on the tree, and that was that. Now, the Kedusha slit, yeah. No, there wouldn't have been an issue with that. This was more, it's more, degra- no, simply put, it was more degrading. He wants to give him the more degrading death. Agag, he did it by the sword. Yeah, because he wanted to kill him quickly. Yeah, it could also be like there's a lot with that. I don't want to get into that plastic right now, but why, why, yeah. Why did he hang him as opposed to like any other? Because that's what he wanted you to mortify. Yeah. So that's the king said, "Yeah, it's Lua love," and that's that. Yeah, it was just supposed to be meeting connecting media on that way. Yeah. First of all, if he was really playing against the king, why would why would Akashur say that he's in your hands? Someone who plots against the king normally he he's he goes against the king, he's against right? The king, not Mordecai. And you see, go ahead. I guess it's because he might not have fully believed Carvona. But it helped, so it worked out well. The Kedushas Levi says that Haman thought he was too important to be hanged publicly. Listen to what he says. It would be better for him to do it in private instead. His intention was that his evil plan eventually comes into fruition even after his death. If he dies by hanging, then his plan would be completely gone. 
the plan would just be like, okay, there's no point to it. There's no way that anybody's going to listen to what the guy said. But if he was killed in a hush of way, then his edicts would remain even after he died. Maybe he did something wrong, but his edicts, his gazeros, will end up remaining at the very, very end. Mordecai realized what he was trying to do. He realized that he was trying to do that, and therefore he hanged him publicly in an embarrassing fashion so that his letters would not be listened to or taken seriously at all. Nothing would be taken seriously, and everything would be okay. That's an awesome line over here. And the Chassam Sofer goes into it as well. The Chassam Sofer says the idea. So that's number one. That's our Targum Shani. Number two, Korn Rashi. Harvona was adding that Haman, not, by the way, it's extremely difficult to give Shir in a hat. It's hard enough in a black hat. This is much harder. According to Rashi, Harvona, add, Harvona was adding on that Haman not only tried to strangle the queen, which is what it looked like when the Malach pushed Haman onto the bed that she was lying on, but he also tried hanging Mordecai, the friend of his majesty. So the reason why he was so upset is, this is your friend. This is the person who saved your life. This is the guy who saved you from being poisoned. How could you do that? So it wasn't a question of he said he was going to kill the king. It was that he's trying to hang Mordecai, the friend of the king. How could you let that happen? That's Rashi's pshat. Similarly, the Malbim says that this eight proved he did not want what was best for the king. What was the sin of Mordecai? What did Mordecai do wrong? He didn't bow down to Haman, right? That's all he did. He didn't do anything that was that bad. And he saved the king's life. Clearly, this is not for the king, right? This is not for the king itself. This is a busha. He's making a tree this high, pretending that you don't know about it, doesn't want anyone else to see, and then all of a sudden, Mordecai's going to be hanged in front of everybody. Somebody who's the king's friend says to Malvin, that's why you have to take him down. You can't let this happen. The Torah more adds that it seems like Mordecai knew something about Haman that Haman didn't want anyone else to know. After all, why is Haman... A year from now, all the Jews are dead anyway right? It's Nisan. It's right by Pesach time. They're going to be killed by Purim of the next year. Yud Dalit Adar of the next year, right? Yud Gimel and Yud Dalit Adar of the next year. Why would you kill Mordechai now? Why would you bother? What's going to happen in 11 months? It sounds like that Haman knew something or Haman did something that Mordechai found out about, similar to what happened to Big Son and Seresh, where he found out about it, and Haman's trying to get rid of him before he tells you anything. Says the Torah more, that's what he said, Vigam. He says, Mordechai. Aside from that, he wants to kill the friend of the king. He must know something here. Hashki, what were you going to say? It's, it's like this. Rabbi said earlier that Ahasuerus, I know it's well, he was an Ebedi, Ebedi Kanani. He's fully right. Jewish. But he didn't. Yeah. I mean, he knows Mordecai. He knows that Mordecai is obviously uh, the best he didn't. And Very he good. Yeah. Stop them from going to try to stop them from going to party in the first place. So he knows that Mordecai is trying to keep him in line. Very good. They're all gone. So he's, so he's doing that on purpose. That's not bad. That is really, really not bad. And that's at Sora Moore. The Yamloi says, it's just absurd. The whole situation is absurd, right? Altogether, the Jews were going to be killed. He wants Mordecai. That something's wrong. Something wrong. Something wrong is going on with him. And that's the reason why he went so in, got so involved over here. Now, the Maral says in Or Chadash, this was an affront to the king to build a 50 Amma gallows, a gallows that was that big, and not ask permission from the king to do so? 
How could you not ask permission? You got to get rishos to do that. Something small we can understand. If it's something small, I can get that. But something this big, he didn't get a permit for it. Clearly, he has something that he should have told. And doing something like this is punishable by death. Remember, this is not dealing with the democracy. There was a, this is a your majesty situation. You got to get permission for something like this. That's how the Maral says it. The Rihiyun says it seemed like Haman wanted to do it in his private homes so that nobody else knew about it. That's not the custom. That's something that's against the laws of the king and therefore he should be killed. Yeah. Did they not already have gallows? I'm sorry? Did they not already have gallows yet? They had normal gallows, but he wanted something that was going to be special so everybody saw it. And that he knew that was something that was completely wrong that should never be done. The Malinois adds that normally you would take somebody to court for an affront like this. You go to Bayston. He didn't even take him to Bayston. He didn't take him to court anywhere. He just assumed that he could kill him on his own and do whatever he wanted to do. And that's that. How can you have an advisor that does whatever he wants without you being able to add anything whatsoever? Yeah. Technically, he could do whatever he wants because if he wants, he could kill them all by Very, very good. That's, that's exactly the problem with those types of answers in which we say, like, well, Haman was in charge. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be able to do anything? But I guess Carbonus said, you want an advisor like that? You want an advisor that's taking everything to his own hands without even discussing it with you? I guess. That's Eddie behind it. The arrows devash also says something like that. He goes into public versus private, etc. The Ion Yaakov says, Charvona came in just when the king saw Haman's sons. And remember the Gemara says it was the Malachim. They were chopping down trees in the garden. All the Malachim were chopping down trees in the garden. He, they looked like Haman's sons. And he said, what are you doing? And he said, well, Haman's taking over. He wants a brand new garden, right? So he decided he's going to make a brand new garden. The king couldn't understand what they were doing. So Charvona came in and said, oh, you know what they're doing. They're building a 50 amagallos, a huge thing for them to be hanged on. That's what he's going to do in the, in the garden right over here. So Haman said, so Akashver said, a 50 amas, you know how much 50 amas is? 75 feet, not if the Chazanish was alive, 100 feet. How in the world did they get enough wood to go up to 75 feet? So Carvona turned to him and said, they're chopping down the garden to make the 75 foot pole. That's what got him so angry, that he was using the wood from the garden and that's what they were seeing and that was the problem. Don't break spoons. It's a really expensive spoon. I did very good, but that was quick. That was really, really quick. I don't have any other agendas. Y'all know Carbona's up to like So hold on, yeah, yeah, we're gonna get to that. Now I will tell. This is the Ben Ishchai and Karen Yoshua. I'm gonna do it extremely quick because it's a long one. It's about three and a half pages in the Ben Ishchai, and it's amazing, absolutely amazing. He says, "What was so special about Carbona?" Said, "What was he adding on that made Achshverus decide to kill him immediately? Like all of a sudden, Achshverus is like, all right, now I'm going to kill him.' In addition, what was Mordechai thinking when he started up with Haman? What was Mordechai thinking? Why in the world wouldn't he bow down to him? Altis Harbor Moraim, you're not supposed to fight against the people that are evil like that. You shouldn't fight somebody when they're on top. And clearly Haman's on top right now. Even Haman's words are strange. He didn't want to kill Mordechai. Right, obviously, what, what could Mordechai have done? Mordechai just, when Haman is coming by, just stand behind and not be there. Instead, Mordechai is purposely standing out there and not bowing down. What's he thinking? Why would he do such a thing? He also didn't want to kill Mordechai. Why? Vayivez Be'enav, it was disgusting in his eyes to kill Mordechai Levado. What, what does that mean? Why was it disgusting? Just kill him. Just kill him. I'm sorry? Make a statement. Yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Like, Vayivas Be'enav. Make a real statement. Kill everyone. No, no, no. But even so, like, the wording in the puzzle is Vayivas Be'enav laharog is Mordechai levado. And you're right. It would be awesome. But, like, just kill. Well, I don't understand. Somebody doesn't do what they're supposed to do. So kill them right there. It doesn't matter if I is Be'enav. He's a very important guy. Clearly, you're more important. So go ahead and kill him and be done with it. So it sounds like it must be must be the following. It says, Mordechai knew everything that was going on from the beginning. He had Ruach HaKodesh, or he had a Malach that was speaking to him, and he knew exactly what Haman was going to do. Haman wanted to kill all the Jews. And he knew that. Mordechai knew that. Even though he, even before he had started, he knew that that was the plan. 
that the eventual plan was going to be able to do, that he wanted to destroy every single Jew out there. So what did Mordechai do? Mordechai knew that there was a law in the kingdom. If you hate someone, then you can't get involved in their judgment. Right? That's pretty obvious. If you hate somebody, you can't get involved in their judgment. If Haman ended up killing Mordechai and then made a, a decree that all the Jews should be killed, everybody's going to say, oh, he's only doing that because he hated Mordechai. And because he hated Mordechai, he's trying to get rid of his nation. He can't do that because he's no Gebedover, right? If you're no Gebedover, you can't get involved in that. So what Mordechai did was when Haman would go by, he purposely stood there and didn't move. He purposely waited for Haman to go by and wouldn't bow down. Why? So that Haman would kill him. And if Haman kills him, he'd never be able to make an edict against the Jews ever again. Because he's somebody who is now no Gebedover. If he's no Gebedover against Mordechai and the Jews, then I'll sacrifice my life to save all the Jews out there. As a side note, by the way, this is an unbelievable answer because according to the Gemara, Rishim Bar Yochai said that the reason why the Jews were killed was because they bowed down to the Tselem of Nebuchadnezzar. They bowed down to the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. The Mida Kenegan Mida is he wouldn't bow down by the times of Haman and therefore his mysterious Nefesh would save the Jews from their destruction. They were Chayiv Klia to be destroyed because they'd bow down. So he wouldn't bow down, so he would be killed and take on their kapara and end up going over there. But hold on a second, guys, hold on. Haman realized what he was trying to do. And that's why he didn't kill Mordechai. If I kill Mordechai, I won't be able to kill the Jews. He knew it. He knew what Mordechai was trying to do. And that's why he was sitting there, he was a quandary. He was sitting there like, what am I supposed to do? I want to kill the Jews, but meanwhile, I want to kill Mordechai. If I kill Mordechai, I'm not going to be able to kill the Jews. I've got to hold myself back. And even though he so badly wanted to take out his sword and just chop off his head right then and there for not bowing down to him, he couldn't because he wanted to kill the Jews more. So he didn't say anything at all. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, Ahasuerosh wasn't sure what to do at this moment. Obviously, guys, what was the easy excuse for him to get up, for Haman to get out of this, right? This man wants to kill my nation. All Haman had to do was say, well, no, Haman just had to say, Akashverosh, you're in on it. (laughs) You know, we did this together. It's not like I'm doing this on my own, Haman. It's not like I'm trying to kill the Jews and that's that. I'm killing the Jews together with you. Technically, he was doing it because he didn't take any money from him. No, agreed, agreed, but Akashverosh was 100% involved. So that's why Ahasuerus got up and walked out of the room. He walked out of the room, not out of anger. He walked out of the room because he's just like, I, I, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> like, and remember, Esther was even pointing at him until the Malach, you know, moved his arm around over to Haman, right? Ish tsar voyev, Haman harohazeh, right? That's what ended up happening over here. Ahasuerus had no idea what to do. He knew that he was involved, but he thought it was because Haman was claiming terrible things. Remember the whole thing in the Gemara where Haman went up and spoke Lush and Hara about the Jews? They never work, which is true. We always take off for every day, right? But, you know, Pesach Hayom, Purim Hayom, Tainus Esther Hayom. You know, whatever we do. He was right about that one. But all the others, all the other claims that Haman had, technically, right, he might have been right. So Hachashver said, okay, I know I, they're lazy, etc., right? right? So Hachashver's like, look, Haman had these, and the reason why I said that they're going to be Chayv Misa is because they're against the kingdom. So I want to see if he's right or not. That's when, so right now, what he had decided when he went out to the garden, forget about the Medrash for a second with the Malachim. He decided, went out to the garden and he came back and he was planning on saying, okay, you know what? I'm not going to kill Haman. I'm not going to kill Haman. I'm going to check out his claims. If he's right about the Jews, if they really don't marry into our nation, if they really won't eat our food, if they really don't keep our laws, if they really take off of work all the time, then I'll kill all the Jews. And I'll tell Esther, it's too bad. They're against, they're against the kingdom. And if Haman's wrong, Haman's wrong, then he'll be killed. Okay? Then comes Harvona. 
Then comes Harvona, and Harvona saved the day. Harvona comes in and says, did you know that Haman has already prepared a 50 Amagelos for Mordechai? You know what that means? That means before anything had happened, before anything around here had happened, before he made this edict, he already planned on hanging Haman, Mordechai, but he didn't want to do it because he wanted to speak Lashon Hara about the Jews and kill all the Jews. So really he's no Gabadavra, which means he can't judge in this matter. And if he can't judge in this matter and you judge it anyway, he deserves to be killed. Says the Ben Ishkai, that's how we had him killed. <laughs> it's like a crazy answer. He got him around. Well, hold on, hold on. We had a bunch of questions here. Jojo, what was your question? Oh, if, if Haman doesn't kill Mordecai for the same reason, but isn't he still stuck because everyone's going to say, oh, he hates him because he didn't bow down to him. So that's okay because he's going against the law. Well, the Jews hadn't necessarily broken any laws in theory. Ashki. Why isn't Haman just go to the power room and do things at nighttime? Like the, like the Mishra went ahead and killed the firstborns at nighttime. That way the Yidu couldn't tell. Again, Haman knew that that wouldn't work because of Kadosh Baruch was in charge, so he wanted to do the lottery and get it through his Tumah, so he found a day in which the Jews should be killed. That was Yudgim Alater. So he knew he couldn't go one by one by one. No, he had to do everything in one day. Oh, Mordechai himself? But right, he, he oh, meaning kill him by poisoning him or doing something like that? He wanted Mordechai dead publicly. That was his, he so wanted him dead guy? before everybody. Yeah, he was willing, yes, he wanted everyone to know, you don't bow down to me, you're going to be killed. Not just do like what, you know, what Putin does. He wants to do something that like everybody will know, it's me. It's me, yeah. What about, how did they the So the it was disgusting for him to kill just Mordechai because he wanted to kill all the Jews. That was the idea behind it, yeah. What's the riot from the fact that he had a 50 on tree trunk that must have been he was planning it for years? I mean, obviously, he had, anyway, no matter what, if it's 50 on tree, it's, it's obviously older than him anyway. So he's getting a bunch of trees. Meaning he must, he must have prepared this for months or years in advance. There's like a whole thing, by the way, that I remember going to Vancouver. It was like a huge thing in Vancouver that all the trees that are there, there's like one island, I forgot what it's called, Saint something, something Island, Santa, I don't know, whatever it is, but that island has all these massive trees. When you want to build a mast on a tree, on a boat, you need to have like a huge mast and you need a huge tree for that. They couldn't find it up and down the coast. They found it in that area and that's where they landed, whatever it was, there's something crazy about that. I think it takes a long time to find a 50 ama tree and I know we said like they combined and whatever, I don't know if that actually worked. So I think that's it, that it must have taken a long time before and that was the proof they ended up saying over here. It's a crazy answer, but it's just a crazy answer, and that's that. Yeah? Why, why did he want to kill him on, on Zion order? Why, why Yud Gimel order? Why Zion versus Yud Gimel? Yeah. So I remember seeing somewhere, I don't remember exactly, it might have been the Chassam Sofer and Taurus Moshe that says it was the bris of Moshe Rabbeinu, right? And therefore he wanted to knock down the bris as oh. well as the fact that, I know it's death because versus I, the birth, etc. Yeah, because the death of Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, exactly. Yeah, it came out on Yud Gimel, but I remember it has something to do with the bris. That I, I, I just don't remember exactly what the answer is. Offhand, that's way off topic. Thanks for taking me off topic. So now, the Mi'amla ways, by the way, as says, as we said before, Achashverosh had seven sarisim. He had seven officers who were in charge, each one taking up one day of the week. This was Harvona's day. He had this day. He was originally third in rank. Because he spoke up here, he was now first in rank. This is, he was also one of, the, one of the men who had originally, he had originally suggested the king make a beauty pageant. So this guy is totally a Tohor guy. <laughs> really good guy. I love this guy completely. The Maral says in Orchadr that Harvona was not a special person. He was only a Swiss, not a Yoetz. Hashem wanted the whole Purim miracle to happen through the Jews, not through one of the Yoetzim. If Akashverosh would have then gone to one of his advisors and said, what do you think? Should I do this? Should I not do this? Right? Then the advisor says, I think you should kill Haman. 
then the miracle will all be through that guy. It'll be through the Yoates and not through Mordechai and Esther and Achashverosh. Hashem wanted it to be through them. So a random Swiss, a random guy who's just a regular officer, a guy who stands by the king who holds his coattails and whatever, is like, yeah, I saw a tree out there. And Achashverosh is like, what? And that's that. He didn't even mean to do it necessarily. He was just telling what he knew and he wasn't important and that's the idea behind it. If he was a normal Swiss of the king then, how did he know the plan of Haman? How did he know what was going on? And how could he tell him something like that? So the Gemara Megillah Tezayim and Al says, Charbona was involved in the Eitzah the entire time. He was on Haman's side. He was actually one of the guys who planned this together with Haman itself. Because how else would he know how tall the tree was? Was he measuring it? How in the world would he know that? When he realized Haman was going to be killed, then instead of going on his side and trying to back up Haman, what do you think, what would you do at that time? Well, you're not even. You probably was. You go the other way, and you're just like, yeah, I hate Haman also. He's a terrible person. Right? He knew that. Those words were Lifnei HaMelech. That's how the Marsha understands the Gemara. These words were Lifnei HaMelech. After that, he ran away. He was never seen ever again. The Vilna Gon says the exact same thing. Carvona knew a little too much to have not been involved in this. He must have been involved in some way. When he saw things going in the wrong direction, he put himself on the side of the king. There's a muscle to understand. This is a really cra- it's a great muscle. The Meam always says, a blind man would go around from door to door collecting money from one person, the next person, the next person. Okay? So he had a little attendant, a guy who was helping him, and he gave him one coin every day for helping him go from door to door to door. One day, the guy went to a certain house and he made a ton of money. He got 20 silver dinar, whatever it was, and he put it in his pocket. Now, this guy knew the blind man and everything. He knew he wouldn't see, right, if he was able to, if he took it out of the pocket. So he did. He grabbed it out of the pocket really quickly and put it inside his own pocket, right? He did that, and that was that. And he was perfectly fine with it. Didn't say anything. The blind man eventually checked his pocket and realized that the coins weren't there. So he called out loud. He started crying, 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 right? And he started saying, Oy vey, I can't believe this happened to me. I needed that money. I needed that money. And starts crying and crying and crying. The young guy couldn't handle it. He knew that he had stolen. He felt so bad. So he, like, he sat there and he's like, oh man, I, I, I didn't mean to do that to him. He's like, look, I found your coins. And he takes the coins and he hands it over to the guy. The guy looks at him and he says, now I know you stole it. How do I know you stole it? Because how did you know the exact amount of coins that I lost? The fact that you handed me the coins right into my hands, it must be that you're the one who stole it because you knew exactly how many coins there were in the first place. Right? That's the idea behind it. So, so to over here, how in the world did Harvona know that it was a 50 ama tree? He's looking at it, he's, getting, he's like, 50 amas. <laughs> I got that. I had 100% 50 amas. How did he know it? He knew it because he must have been in the plan. He condemned himself. And that's why the Gemara says he had to run away after this. We never hear Charvona ever again. I mean, I don't know why we hear Charvona ever again. But Charvona is never seen ever again because this is what happened over here. In fact, Yada Melech says he saw that Haman was about to implicate him. In other words, he's standing there, right? And Haman is standing with the king, right? And Haman is right there. And all of a sudden, what does he say in the Yada Melech? He was about to speak, about to implicate himself, about to put himself in the plot. Charvona spoke up first and said... You should kill him because he's the one who made the tree. And Haman's like, wait! And at that moment, they covered his head and they threw him out to be killed. Charvona and Haman were both implicated in the plot. Charvona knew it. He spoke up first to get rid of Haman, and he was the one who ended up winning. That's what ended up happening at the end of the day. Miam Loez says that Charvona only became friends with Haman after he had Vashti killed. It seems like he was more of an opportunist than we can think about, and he goes into it, etc. There's a Tommy to crow over here, and that mentions over here as well. But now we're going to get into something that's a little bit different. Okay, a little bit different. Before we get into this, Yosef Lekach asked why this Pasuk has to tell us that he's one of the Sri Siamelech when we already know he's one of the Sri Siam by Vashti. Why do we have to mention to it again? Also, shouldn't it say Echod Misri Siamelech? So Chazal say, and we haven't gotten to this yet, Charvona was really, who was he? Elio Anavi. Okay, Chazal say that. It's not in the Gemara. Not in the Gemara. We'll see where it's from. 
But Chazal say he's one of, he's Eliyahu and Abi for real. It should, so what ended up happening was, he was one of the threesome of the king. He would know what Haman was planning. Why? Think of what he says for a second. Who brought Haman to the party? This threesome of the king. Who was the one who was sent to go get Vashti? This threesome of the king. Achash Verosh had a Swiss who was in charge of always getting whoever he wanted. These are the people who are going to end up coming. They're going to bring them in. Those are the people who are going to bring them in. So they did it. They brought these people over and brought them in before the king. You guys can take the couch for right now. Don't worry. You're fine. But, uh, by the way, we started, uh, I'm just saying, we started 27 minutes ago. Right on time, guys. Right on time. No, 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 100% on time. So right there. See, Yosef Blackhawk says, they were sent over. They went exactly, they ended up going to go get Haman. And guess what they overheard? He overheard, it's the opposite of what we said before. Not that Harbona was in on the plot. He overheard the plot. He overheard everything. Because he went to go get Haman. He heard Haman say everything that he wanted to do in Mordechai. And therefore, he was in the right place at the right time. So when Achashverosh was sitting there and wondering what to do, he said, by the way, I know about this guy. What he did, I'll tell you what I overheard last night. The right place at the right time. But who is Harbona really? So we just said that he's Elio Navi. That's brought down by the Ibn Ezra in the Navi. He brings it down as a Medrash. It's an Esther Rabbah, Perik Yud, Halacha Tess. And it's also brought down in Pirkei de Rebelezer, Perik Gimel, Yerushalmi Megillah, Ayin Zion, Tosis Megillah, Divra Maskel, Delo, and Zion of Mabez, Mesecha Sofer, and Perik Yedal, Halachavav, and the Yalkut Shimoni in four different places. That says that Harvona is Elio Navi. It's the exact same person. The Alshik says that's the strangest thing in the world. Doesn't the Pusik say he's one of the officers of the king? That's not Elio Navi, is it? So first of all, does everybody know the famous Gra? Every time it says the word Hamelech without Achashverosh, without the Megillah, it's referring to Akadosh Baruch Hu. Mm-hmm. So Srisi Hamelech could be a Saras of the king, meaning referring to Elio Navi himself. That's number one. That very well could be. That's an idea behind it. But why would you think it's Elio Navi? So he points out two things, the Alshech. Number one, the Pusik says Lifnei Hamelech. It's, it's unnecessary. The king can only see with his eyes. In front of the king, it looked like Harvona, one of his threesome, but actually it was Elio and Avi. That's number one. Second, when he fetched Vashti before, Harvona was spelled with an Aleph at the end of his name. Now he's spelled with a Hey at the end of his name. So the Alshech says, it must be it's a person faking to be Harvona. And therefore, it must be somebody else. Who else could it be? It would be Elio and Avi. The Hey, this is the Alshech, okay? I'm not making this up on my own. Ramosha Alshech lived in the times of the Arizal. He was a Makubal that lived in Tzvas. I don't want anybody to tell me this is a horrible gematria or anything like that. It is a horrible gematria, but it's the Alshech. The Hey stands for the five letters of Eliyahu and Avi's name. Eliyahu. And that's that, okay? I, I know. It's not the greatest. You've heard better gematrias before. But the Alshech says that. The Magid Midubno says something amazing. And it goes on. It's just an amazing idea. This is why we don't say Baruch or Arur when it comes to Harvona. Isn't it weird? Baruch Mordechai, Brucha Esther, Arur Haman, Arura Zeresh, Vegam Harvona, Zachor Latov. Where does that come from? So obviously, guys, what do you say about Elio Navi? Zachor Latov. The wording is used by Elio Navi. But it's Zachor Latov because Harvona said nothing to the king. But there's no question, if Eliyahu chose his body, chose him, Harvona is going to be the one that I choose. I could be any of this threesome and fake it and go up in front of Achashverosh. I could be anyone. And I chose Harvona. What does that tell you about Harvona? That means Harvona did something good. 
You asked it before, Elio. What did he do? What did Carbona do that made him so special, that made him so awesome? I don't know. No one knows. No one has any idea what Carbona did. But Elio Anavi took over his body. I don't know if that means that Carbona's body was used and Elio Anavi just took over and he was mamish like an ashama inside his body. Or if Elio Anavi dressed up as Carbona, Carbona was sleeping the whole time, woke up the next morning, everybody was like, good job, Carbona, good job, Carbona. Carbona's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, it could be either one. I have absolutely no idea which one it is if it's one of the two. But that's the shot. He must be great. Carbona must be great. There must be something unbelievable about him because if he's the one that Elionavi chose to be like, there's got to be something special about him. There's got to be something that makes him different than everybody else there. I don't have any other answer than that. You should know, by the way, Rechaim Knievsky brings down, and I think I mentioned this earlier, right? In Evan Ezer Kufchov Test Lamed Dalid, we say that names in Lashon Kodesh end with a hey, while names in other languages end with an aleph. I'm going to give an example. There's a Shiloh how to spell Akiva. Is anybody here spell, named Akiva? Akiva? You are? Akiva. How do you spell your, Latin, your name? Ayin Kuf? The first has to do with a hey, actually. It's with a hey? Yeah. Right? So you do it with a hey. We always have that famous one, Or Zerua Latzadik Uli Lev Simcha. The last letters of Or Zerua Latzadik Uli Lev Simcha is Rebbe Akiva. That with a hey, it goes to the very end. But Akiva throughout the Gemara is spelled with an Aleph. You should know there are those that say, I haven't checked everywhere, but in the Yushalmi, Rebbe Akiva is almost always spelled with a hey. In the Babli, is almost always spelled with an Aleph. The Nafkamina is, is it a Jewish name? Or a Laz name, a Hebrew name or a Laz name? Is a Kiva a Hebrew name and therefore it has a hey at the end? Or is it a Laz name and therefore it has an Aleph at the end? Harbona with an Aleph shows he was an non-Jew. Harbona with a hey shows he's Jewish and that's Elio Anavi. That's what Elio Anavi was referring to. I'm going to end with this, guys. Yushalmi in Kilayim brings this down. Rabbi Yehuda Nasi had 13 years of suffering. Does everybody know that? It's also Gemar Bab Metziah, right? And he had a terrible, terrible time. I believe it's on paid dollar to Manalaf. Terrible time. 13 years in which he had something going on. Smirta or something, whatever. Something was absolutely wrong. During those 13 years, according to the Yushami and Kalim, he had a toothache. He had a toothache and he could not handle it. When the time was up and he no longer needed that toothache, nothing was wrong, he got upset at Rebchia for something random. Rebchia, we all know. Rebchia is awesome. He got upset at Rebchia, sent him away. Elioa Navi then came in the body of Rebchia, walked in. Rabbi Yudinasi said, what are you doing here? He goes up to Rabbi Yudinasi, puts his hand on his tooth, and the tooth is totally healed. The next day, Rebchia walks into Rebbe to apologize for what happened, whatever happened the day before. Rabbi Yudinasi gives him brachos, showers him with brachos. And Rebchia said, for what? And he said, you came up to me yesterday, you put your hand on me, and you healed me. Rebchia said... It wasn't me, it was probably Harvona, right? It wasn't me, I don't know what you're talking about. So Rabbi Yehuda Nasi said, then it must have been Elio Anavi, which means Elio Anavi chose your body. And from that day on, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi treated Rabbi with the utmost respect because Elio Anavi chose the appearance of Rabbi over everyone else to appear in front of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. So we knew from then on, that's how Chashevi was. That tells us something about Harvona. So although we started off and we said Harvona is the most evil person in the world, in and on the plot, wanted to kill the Jews, if he's Elio Anavi, obviously there's something special. Obviously there's something special there. I don't have a full lesson from this. I would tell you that one thing that we do learn is that one schuss that you have in your lifetime could be enough 
for there to be Charvona Zachar Latov. It could be that that's enough for you to become a Charvona Zachar Latov and have Elio and Avi take over your body. It could be that's one lesson that we learned from it. But I personally think every single person in Tanakh is important. We forget that sometimes. We forget that some people are mentioned by name and we wonder what in the world, even Hey Guy or Hey Goy or Hey Gay, you know, he keeps being called different names. and Even he has something awesome about him that he's mentioned in Tanakh. Even though those people, even the evil people, they're awesome and evil. Even they have something awesome about them. If we remember that, then we understand that we can look at the Torah in a completely different fashion and see Charvona in a completely different light. All right, we'll stop with that, guys. Have a freilich and purim. everyone, for coming. You got it? Perfect. I think the better lesson perfect, is perfect. if someone ever gives you a compliment and you can't remember doing something, just assume Elio took over your body. <laughs> That's even better. That's even better. everybody. Thank you so much for coming. Is there any challenge left? Yeah. Okay, good. Hey, Neil, how are you? Good to see you guys. Now i got to put on my mask. Hold on. I was looking forward to you coming. I'm having a little bit of fun. All right, guys, if anybody wants, tomorrow I'm home after 11.15. So if anybody wants to stop by after 11.15, we're just serving food, I'll be around and we'll do something. <laughs> Figure it out.